This week's episode is sponsored by Extrastatic. Extrastatic is a hosting service for Svekel blogs. Svekel blogs combine the simple conventions of Jekyll with the incredible power of Svelte. Check it out at extrastatic.com. Hey, it's another episode. Yay. Today, we're only two, me and Anthony. Sean was uh, occupied. He had to do other stuff. But this is going to be an awesome episode anyway. Today, we're going to talk about page endpoints and name layouts. Two new cool features. But before we start, maybe we should uh, check in. So what have you been up to, Anthony? Uh, mostly working. Just honestly, yeah. like I think that's, that's, <laughs> that's just sort of given my default response for quite a while. Just... Just working, buried, buried in work, but it's um, it's all good. It's all positive. Still hiring some people, and um, yeah. uh, you know, getting them onboarded and um, trying to run a team, which is not something I profess as a skill, but it's yeah. one you learn on the job, I guess, because you have to. Yeah, learning those management uh, skills, eh? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, where are you guys? Where are you guys at? Where you? Uh, what have you guys been been doing over at Bianc? Um, I mean, there's load, loads of stuff around sort of, I guess, being able to to serve bigger and bigger customers, which is features for enterprise and uh, et cetera in tech is the same sort of thing. You know, the bigger the customer, the more sort of, I would say esoteric, I'm not sure it's esoteric, but basically the demands they have are quite, are quite high. So building things for them is quite a diversion from where we started, but then that's kind of the joy of startups. That's how pivoting works, isn't it? You just kind of, kind of keep swapping yeah. stuff around. To meet the the market that you find yourself in, rather than the market you were aiming for, I suppose product um, market fit. Yeah, well, exactly. It's, it's it's I don't know if it, if it qualifies as that, but essentially, it's just the the people interested in our platform are different to the people we imagined would be interested in our platform. Um, so whilst we're still serving the ones we were aiming at, we now have a whole set of new things to aim for that we hadn't sort of expected or or really factored in, and. Um, Starts off with a, a very simplistic idea, and you end up with a lot of tech debt on the way. And so, keeping on top of that has become right. ever, ever more important. And I think we do a pretty good job of it, which is good. It's an easy one. We're still actually on Sapper as well. A lot of our stuff's still Ooh. on Sapper. There's a few Svelte apps, but yeah. So I'm looking forward to migrating those because obviously I'm seeing all this really exciting stuff going on in Kit and not being yeah. able to actually use it. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, exciting times for you then. Yeah. When you what about when you? you? Get to... Yeah. So uh, I've been. Uh, Lecture on Svelte or a, nice. like a conference talk at a at a smaller company, like a consulting agency mm. here, here in Stockholm. Um, they seem to like it. A lot of people showed up, and uh, yeah, Svelte seems to be blowing up. Yeah, you didn't <laughs> fancy banging the old Tory drum. The what? The Tory drum. The Tory. You know, oh, the, right. You know the alternative to Electron. Yeah. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So uh, other than that, I've been I've been mostly working on the like the Svelte Summit stuff. It's okay. it's a it's a lot of stuff to do. Like I just yeah. picked the the venue that we're going to be at in at the fall event. So that's nice. nice. I don't have to worry about that anymore. I always felt kind of guilty, you know, when we're doing this sort of purely community wise. Um, you know, not being able to help as much as I would like to well, because of other commitments. And I think now it's your full time job. 
I'm just saying, well, yeah, there you go, Kev. Yeah. <laughs> this is what you signed yeah. up for. <laughs> I, yeah, I brought this upon myself, right? <laughs> so, yeah, we just picked the the venue, mm-hmm. tweeted out some some bits about uh, tickets that you can buy. So that's that's always fun. Nice. And yeah, we have two confirmed speakers so far. So Rich Harris uh, is one, and Penguin, the oh, almighty right. uh, Penguin, will do a talk. Penguin. Hopefully, on never, MD Specs. I've never seen him speak live. I always wanted to. I've never seen him speak mm. live actually, apart from obviously like talking directly to him. But I've never seen him <laughs> give a talk. Is what I mean. Yeah, you know how what he sounds like in person. Then <laughs> oh, I know what he sounds like in person. Yeah, I mean we we still do our maintainers meetings every month or so. Yeah, there. that's true. <laughs> yeah, interesting that you just moved your window, uh, so you weren't staring at the desk. Was that from an external monitor to an internal monitor by any chance, or vice versa? Vice versa. Right, so yeah. interesting thing, before you did that, before when it was on the other monitor, there was loads of screen tearing, and you, your face kept flicking off oh. screen and going to green constantly. Oh, and interesting. And I was wondering what it was, and you moved the window and it's now perfect. So another Mac uh, Mac monitor thing. Yeah, weird. yeah that's, that is weird. <laughs> really weird. It's probably my my weird camera setup as well. I have this DSLR thing, right? I oh, about of last course, time. of course. And it goes through all these weird contraptions on the way. Oh, there it is again, right? <laughs> yeah, that was it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, what did you do? I don't know, nothing. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, anyway, so um, oh. Svelte Summit. Yeah, so we have the spring event coming up in okay. just like three weeks. Uh, so that's going to be exciting. And a couple of days before that, we have the, the Svelte London meetup. That was just announced, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So that's going to be London. kind of a pre-party thing. It is. We are trying to do the Svelte London meetup with a bit more, like a more regular cadence. Yeah. Um, I think it's better for everyone. It gives more predictability to schedules. People can actually plan to do talks and stuff, and they know if they don't do a talk for meeting A, they might they won't miss the next one, kind of thing. Um, yep. It allows the venues to be more prepared. Um, right. Yeah. So, so I think it's. It's nice now that we've got enough people that this can happen because, again, when it's just me, it's just me trying to spread myself across too many things, which is definitely something that I apparently do. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, so it's, it's good that now there's other people who can sort of take up the slack when I'm, I'm not available or vice versa or, or just randomly get COVID, you know, whatever I decide to do on the day. It is, yeah. Has, has this happened? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. So should we get into... Uh... Get into the the meat of the of the topic yeah. of the podcast. Meat of the podcast. That's a weird thing to meat say. The podcast. <laughs> let's do it. Yeah. So let's let's talk about page endpoints. What what are age page endpoints? Yeah. Do you know? Well, so I haven't looked at them in any depth because I just haven't had time. I haven't haven't actually had to use them yet because we don't use we don't use, use endpoints a lot as a whole because our API is separate. But essentially, it's a way of reducing the boilerplate. Yeah, between a page. you don't have to write the load function anymore, right? Yeah, ex- exactly. You can just serve up the data straight from there, and then, ta-da! It's in your page magically. It just kind of inherits inherits all that data, which I think is yeah. you know it's definitely in the right direction for Svelte. I know we had a lot of features, and we have a lot of um, the, the API surface area. Whether we like it or not, will uh, will always grow. And I think the layouts thing we'll talk about next is a, is an example of that. But yeah, essentially, like this is actually almost almost reducing API surface area. It's almost simplifying removing boilerplate, so I think it's a really good, a really strong uh, thing for, for Svelte to have, or for Svelte Git to have rather. Yeah, when I started using Svelte and Sapper back in 2019, yeah, I was 
pretty new at the time. So I, I, I always wondered, why do I have to write this like fetching logic twice, right? Because <laughs> that's because that's basically what you have to do to get the the SSR functionality. Yeah. And I just wanted to like fetch it once in the in the load or what was it called? Preload. In, in, it was in the preload, yeah, 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 preload. Yeah, I always wanted to just write it there, but then you can't fetch stuff from a database or whatever in there, so it would always just break. Yeah, but, yeah. yeah, so exactly. So, um, so this is a way of basically just getting rid of that load stuff, and then yeah. being able to fetch stuff from a database, and it just auto generates the like a simple load function for you, I yeah. guess, in the in the background. Yeah. It's a lot more like Meteor was back in its heyday. You know, yeah. you've got like almost a database access directly in the browser. It's not quite like that, of course, but it's it's it brings us close to that, which means it's easy to manage that data anyway. So yeah, yeah, I quite like the idea of it. Although, like I said, I probably, I probably won't use it, but maybe there's something I can do with my external API in this anyway. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> so, so the thing I was thinking about, like when I saw this the first time, is sometimes you have. You have these situations where you want to refresh data, right? Yes. So you, so you want to like you you go to page and you load, let's say, ten messages, and then you want to have a button that says maybe I don't know refresh or something like that. And yes. You get, how do you do that? Do you just have to reload the page to to run the the load function again? Yeah. Do you get do you get my my conundrum I, here? Yeah, I, I, I do because you you don't have that fetching logic in the in the page anymore. Um, yeah, because you, before that you could just load load it like you could just fetch the endpoint. Or yeah, in your in your regular script tag. I guess maybe like you would you'd be end, end up using sort of I don't know maybe a timeout or something. I'm not sure. I haven't like I said I haven't dug yeah. into. It, I haven't really looked into it. I mean I haven't tried out how it works and what it actually does in terms of the browser. Yeah, it's an interesting one because I have a similar sort of thing with um, pagination. We right. use we use the fact that changing the query will actually cause the load method. Well, yeah, I'm still using step, like I said, but the preload method to run again, which will then fetch more results. But it's interesting because yeah, I don't know how this would work alongside that. So I think in that case, you'd probably just have a param with the with the page, probably, and that would yeah. just re- refresh the page. But then there are situations like if you'd wanted, you don't want to reload the whole page, right? You Kind of just want to reload some parts of the data, I guess is the is the thing. I guess if yeah, I guess if you're partially updating data, you, you're not going to be running that. You won't run the preload method anyway, or the load method. You're yeah. you're going to be using you know basic sort of in browser fetch to get any data as and when. Yeah, oh, yeah. All right. I guess it's that's a good conundrum. <laughs> it should yeah. be like a new section. It should be called Kev's conundrums. <laughs> that's a that's a good idea. We could just have like. <laughs> Bunch of different sections. Actually, well, interesting. that that's probably what most podcasts do. That's probably what, yeah, exactly. I'll tell you what, though, it's interesting because it would be a good section because it's almost like there are a million different approaches to every everything that people do, and yeah. it's interesting. Like on Twitter, you post it, and you know what what are you doing or whatever else. You know, people can then respond with, "Well, this is how I do it. This is what I do." Yeah, yeah, might be good to have that. Because I think pagination yeah, we, is one that there's a million ways to do pagination. I've chosen one that kind of works the way I want it to. I don't know if it's perfect. Right. It seems to work. But I do mm-hmm. also know that shared state, I've got a store that runs in preload, uh, aka load, and that is actually server-side. Therefore, the state is global to the whole application and all its users. 
So oh, that is right. probably not a great place to have a store. So I don't think anyone's going to run into it because one, it's only, it only stores the actual last page anyway. But it's interesting to wonder, like, effectively, if, if two people looked at that at the same time, would they get cross wires? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and it's an easy gotcha. It's actually one that's been raised a few times. Um, it's an easy gotcha, which is that, that stores on the server side are global to the app. Yeah. Same as they're on the front end, but you're, global, you're only global to the app, to the client, right? Yeah, because you're there's only only one browser. client. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I so. wonder So I wonder if like the, like the serverless approach helps in this case. Probably not, right? Because you'll still have like kind of server instances running very well, short amounts of time on... Edges and then if two two clients end up going to the same instance, I don't know. Yes, I mean serverless serverless isn't server it isn't serverless, right? Serverless yeah. is yeah. is basically server managementless. I guess is, yeah. is a better way of putting it. So you would have the same issue. It, you you might be lucky and hit a different you know different clients at different endpoints, but ultimately, yeah, a, a sort of lambda spins up and sits there fifteen minutes. In that fifteen minutes, if you've got this global piece of state, then everyone's yeah. interacting with it. So, so I don't know. Yeah, something to to think about. Something for Kev's yeah. conundrums is what it is. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe that's a we could do a we could reach out on Twitter and like ask uh, like what kind of questions do people want answers to, and then we could uh, discuss whatever yeah question that we find interesting. Something Read, like that. Readers write in. Readers. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like that. All right. So there's also named layouts. This is a new one. And this is. Yes. This is a weird one in a sense. It's nice, but, but it's, it's a bit confusing to me. So we're, it, it seems like we're moving a lot of the logic out of the actual code into the, into the file system in a, in a sense. Um, in this way. So kind of. I, I guess I guess before we before we start talking about it, maybe we can describe what it is. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want to give it a go? Or oh, I can give I... it a go. Yeah, I can give it a go. Yeah. So essentially, one of the premises of Saprin and one of the premises that is FeltKit is that file system based routing is the way that routing is done. There's no routing config files. There's no way to actually interact with the router or add routes or anything else via config because it's. It's sort of convention of a configuration. It would get very confusing if you could actually augment it in the in the in the site. It took me a while to get on board with that because I liked the I like describing all the file. I like I quite liked routing in that in that manner, but I'm sort of on board now with file system based routing. But obviously file systems have a lot of, of um restrictions in what characters you can use. And so that definitely makes it quite complicated to give the power of a configuration-based file system without doing one of two things. I guess one is making some really crazy file names. Yeah. And <laughs> the second is to basically export properties from pages, right? I think that, you know, again, to keep it sort of simple in one place and to keep it file system-based, we've gone with the approach of making this whole thing expressive via the file names. And so adding a at, adding an at character, so the problem we're trying to solve, of course, is that with a file system, it's hierarchical. So if you have a layout at the top level and you're two levels, one level, two levels down, you're inheriting all the layouts from the parents. And it means that if you have a specific URL structure in your site, it really, it really sort of determines your layout and you can't do much about that. There's no way you can turn that layout off 
other than stick it in a component and import it where you need it, which is a bit messy. So what this solves, therefore, is allowing you to be nested somewhere down in in a stack and essentially remove, erase a layout, skip a layout that's come from the hierarchy that it lives in. So you could say, I actually want to use a different layout from somewhere else on this one specific page. Um, it's kind of hard to think of an example for that because, for example, one of the ways I use hierarchical layouts is uh, I have a slash user on our site and under there you've got create password, reset password, login, sign up, whatever else. I want those layouts to be consistent. I want to have this big sidebar and some boxes on the other side and that makes sense. But I have definitely seen an, an instance where I want to have a completely different layout for one page even though it sits in that logical yeah. URL structure. And so this provides a way to do that. And yeah, the syntax is a little difficult to get your head around to start with, but I think ultimately we spent a long time coming up with that structure. Uh, And so I think that that really, um, I think we've come to the best conclusion possible. Yeah, it seems, so I was going to give the example of a, like you'll have a, say a marketing or like a landing page, and then you'll have a, like a user accounts page where, like the layout for the marketing pages or the, uh, yeah, I, I guess you'd call them marketing pages, um, would be completely different, maybe with a, like a specific kind of navigation bar at the top. But then in your, once you're signed up or signed in, you have a completely different user experience in, in that you might have a, like a, the, the navigation might be on the left side or whatever instead of the top. Then you could probably use this. So maybe yeah. you'd call that maybe you'd call that layout maybe something like internal or uh, admin or user or yeah naming it, is hard <laughs> no naming naming is hard naming is extremely hard yeah that's it I think there are very limited I say limited there are it's, it's rare that you need this functionality but when you yeah. do you're really kind of stuck without this. yeah so. before this it was very hard to like because you'd have to like import. Different components, and then depending on what the route was, you'd have to do like an if statement, and then do they yeah. use different layout components depending on where you're at. Yeah, so yeah. this is pretty nice. Um, I haven't yet completely wrapped my head around all of this. I'm not sure what the like what the is there stuff you can't do with it? Is there stuff that you can do with this that you can't do with other ways of Doing layouts, yeah. It's I guess we'll we'll see. So I saw the talk that Rich did at the New York meetup oh, a couple yeah. of days ago. Yeah. He he also showed a something called typed params, which is okay. that's also in the file system. So you know where you do the ID square bracket kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. So if you do that, and then you do ID equals I like think integer. Yeah, ID equals for example. Well, when I saw yeah, it. yeah, yeah. So, and then you have. I think there's a there's a match.js file somewhere yes. as well. So if you do, I don't remember exactly. It's a function, right? That you just get the parameter and then you just check if it's following the the logic that you the format. Yeah, it's, it's parameters yeah. and matches, and matches can be more complex functions. The reason for this was because we used to have four three roots where if it didn't match a bunch of stuff, it would fall through. And that's fine, but sometimes it's not the most ideal way because you're ultimately looking for but more specificity, I guess, in, in, in what you're looking for in a URL. And so, yeah, you now have these files, you can export these parameters which have more complex matching logic. 
they were going to be called validators, but then uh, I actually pointed out they don't validate anything. They're not. They're not. Yeah. <laughs> if you think about routers in a traditional sense, validation is a, is a specific concept that means a specific thing, and it's not mm-hmm. really that. It's more like a mit- it's more like a matcher because you're essentially yeah. matching a URL against a set of possible pages, and you know if it doesn't match any of those, then it comes up with a 404 kind of thing. Yeah. I wonder if, if you could take this further and because uh, I remember I think it's Elixir that has like a concept of pattern matching is pretty big in, in functional programming, right? Yeah. yeah. And I think I think they have the concept of where if you match something that ends up being an integer, you'll get one thing. And if it ends up matching into being a string, you'll get another kind of page. Or Yeah, that's that's essentially how you can do it. It's like a regex, right? Yeah, but I, I wonder. That's probably not something you could do right now in in Svelkit because you you'd be you'd either have like either it's an integer like in this case, or it's an error because you it would just error out if you're trying to go to an ID page that contains a string. Yeah, rather you'd, than you'd, just numbers. You'd have to do it manually. You'd have to do like an endpoint that then redirects people or. You yeah, have to do some exactly. sort of fall through, like, and the fall through is your other other type of parameter yeah. matcher, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, exactly. It would, not, it would be ugly, but <laughs> yeah, it's not as clean. It's not as clean for yeah. sure. Um, Maybe you could do id equals in, integer, and then like you know the the pipe, and then you just match it to different things, and depending on what kind of thing you match it to, you you can do different things in the. Well, this is know, this just, is an, an example now. I think of where I didn't. I don't know where we landed up with that, but I think that. As before, you could always use a regex in the file name to match specific things. Oh, um, right. I don't think we've lost that functionality. Okay. So you All can right. effectively say it could be this or it could be that. Yeah. Um, but again, like you definitely can because you can use the, the, the matches. Yeah. And then now you've just got a function and you say either does or it doesn't match this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this is a pretty new concept. I hadn't heard about it before you, I watched the talk, so I'm yeah. going to play around with that. Yeah, it's an um, interesting one. Not sure what I'm going to use it for yet, but <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> well, I'll tell you actually one interesting way of using it is we change ID structure now and then, and we do have like a different type of thing for an older ID. And so we can actually use that to say that this type of user, whilst it isn't the same path, their URL matches an older style of ID, therefore we should call some legacy endpoint or whatever or oh. indicate some way that it's a legacy user. Oh right. So it's useful yeah. for that kind of thing too. That that kind of makes sense. Like if if you're uh, like if your user is registered before Yeah. Maybe not registered. Certain but point. Yeah. Well, you know, if if it's an older kind of user that you know you don't yep. you don't want to migrate, like a legacy type plan, maybe like a bunch of sites have those now. Mm. The reason of doing this obviously is because people bookmark things and I don't want to destroy everyone's bookmarks by having a legacy URL and right. a new URL in place of the old URL that doesn't work with their account and stuff. So it's a way of saying I can differentiate and almost it's completely transparent to the user. Yeah. That's pretty nice. Yeah. I think that that's pretty much it for the new features. Is there anything else? Yeah, there's a load of stuff going on. Prior to uh, 1.0, I think one thing we we I believe we merged last night. I can't remember if we did or not, but um, is the SvelteKit colon reload parameter. So it's a lot Ooh. like the old rel external or download attribute on on Anchor Links. If it has SvelteKit colon reload, it basically will follow the link as if it were just a regular HTML link and Sapper. Sorry, SvelteKit will not intercept that uh, and, and handle it as an SPA link. 
Um, so it's just kind of unifying that behavior. Um, yeah. yeah, so that's, there's a that's bunch nice of for learning. downloading files. Well, downloading files, you can use a download attribute, which will do that for you anyway. Right, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, if you want consistency, you can use you can use the reload as well. Yeah, it's it's a bunch of kind of, I call it low-hanging fruit, but things that have been not merged for a while, kind of been sitting there that I think are now going in because we're kind of trying to do like the final run up to 1.0 with a bit of luck and, and um, you know, make sense to get some of these things decided and out of the way. So yeah, there's uh, all that fun and games. <laughs> yeah. Is it is it time for one point soon? Soon? I mean, it's always time for one point zero, right? <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. it's always time. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean that's that's it. So it's it's important to get these little decisions made because once you hit one point zero, those decisions yeah. are a bit set in stone, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah, I guess that's uh, that's the topics for this week. Um, that's the crux of it. Yeah. So we now have the the infamous. The infamous um, section: <laughs> unpopular opinions. Unpopular opinions. <laughs> Do you have one? Um, no, I this don't. Is very, I don't. This is very weird, Anthony. I'm. I didn't expect this. I know. I didn't expect it. Either. I'm sure I have got some. <laughs> I just sort of. I sort of pushed them down deep inside and let them rot. Yeah, I, I have one. I don't really have any. Uh, I have one, so I can. Go ahead. I can go. Yeah. Yeah. A W S. It's a headache. Oof! It's not that unpopular. It's not that controversial. Yeah, that's probably probably just <laughs> semi-popular, depending on who you ask, I guess. I mean, isn't isn't this the entire premise of the cell netify? You name it. Yeah, like yeah, because is a headache. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it it is what it is. <laughs> somebody somebody went and built a multi-billion-dollar company around AWS being a headache. That's pretty cool that <laughs> someone could do that. But yeah. Yeah, that's 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 my opinion. It's it's a headache. <laughs> yeah. Do you have any picks? Uh, picks. I mean, I'm good. My my picks got to be this this weird sound card um, that I bought. Didn't, so, didn't yeah. you pick that last week? Did I pick it last week? Probably did, didn't I? Well, pick yeah. it again. <laughs> I mean, I, I would pick it again if I could. It is really good. <laughs> um, I'm actually. Yeah. No, I don't know if I was using it last week. I think I got it, but I hadn't set it up. Maybe. Mm, yeah. I don't well, remember. pick it then. Well, I'm picking it. This is me picking right. it right now. All right, all right. <laughs> yeah, tell, tell me about it. Deepashang <laughs> D8. Yeah, I mean, it's it's super cheap. It's got well, loads of inputs, like eight inputs. It's got some fancy special effects that. Wait, so you can have really, eight microphones? Yeah, you can have eight microphones. Um, you can oh, have wow, eight I microphones. Can... You can have a computer. You can have anything you want. Um, it's got some effects. Hang on, let's try the effects. Yeah, I did let's hear that. Is this the effect? Is this the effect? Is this the effect? Yeah, there's a few different random effects. Yeah, there's a few different random effects. I could do I can do like a hallway type thing. Oh wow! Yeah. <laughs> I've got a max, so I can turn that down a bit. What's reverb? Reverb is number thirteen. That's a reverb, <laughs> and I can make it a really short reverb or a really long reverb. Oh, that's uh, that's beautiful. It's beautiful. I imagine um, you'll use yeah. that a lot. <laughs> I, I use it in meetings when I get bored. People know I'm bored because I'm using it in a, in a meeting. <laughs> that's the cue to end the meeting. <laughs> yeah. All right. So that's your pick. What was it called? Depushing. D e p u s h e n g. D e h. Depushing. Depushing. I think I think it's one of these um, like a Chinese factory using a sort of right. Western sounding name that's constructed from words that sound 
I don't know, yeah. maybe musicy. I'm not quite sure. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. but yeah, doesn't end up sounding English at all. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's um, it's essentially like a, one of these Amazon things. You know, there's there's actually quite a few on there. There's some really tempting options that have got like flashy lights and you know color fading across the top of them that are yeah. around the same price range. But this one I liked because it's got some very very. Oh no! This one I chose because of the XLR um, inputs. It's got like a right. phantom powered XLR built in, which is which is great, and it costs the same price as my standalone phantom power box. So yeah. how they do it at that price range, I just don't know. But they do. You don't want to know. I don't want to know. No, I probably don't want to know. Actually, let's not mention that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Cool. I've got to pick as well. So right. I recently started renting a like a like a desk. At an office, nice. so I just started sitting there, going there last week, Monday, and this is like an old, uh, like an agency I used to work at, and I, uh, I know a lot of the people that that work there, so it's okay. it's pretty nice to, it's pretty nice to sit and talk to actual people, and just yeah. have like micro pauses between works work uh, sessions. So yeah, I can I can definitely recommend meeting people in person. So, so I I don't I don't go there every day, but no. like a couple of days a week is is nice. And do you have to pay for rent for the whole week, or do you just pay for two days? No, so I pay for it for the whole time. Okay, yeah. So, so your pick is meeting is actual human interaction. Yes, <laughs> interesting. <laughs> I mean, it's a good pick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you guys have a have an office? In, in London, uh, we do. We use WeWorks. Just we just use like oh you know, right, yep. Lowest common denominator stuff, but essentially, like we we were going to get a an office, but um, COVID, you know, COVID happened. Yeah. Then we hired people who are all sort of scattered about the place, and so we're like, well, realistically, it doesn't work for everybody. We were paying a lot of money, and, and not everyone would come in all the time. So we're just kind of winging it for now, and having you know a few people here and there. It would be nice yeah, to maybe have sense. a permanent office soon, um, but we we're not we're not doing anything about it just yet. I think a lot of people we hired actually are um, probably one of their big pulls for the job was actually the remote working thing remote anyway. Thing. So yeah. As is such the Yeah, I can imagine. Like like some companies are starting to do this thing where you do like, oh we need you to come in at least three days a week for some reason. Even though everything's yeah. been working fine. Like completely fine with everyone being remote all the time. It's it's an odd yeah. thing. It yeah, is. It's, it's one of those things. But I don't know. I do. I do like being at home. Now. It gives me a lot of freedom to get stuff done that I need to get done and, and work oh, for more. Sure. But for sure. Work hours which work better for me. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I mean, that's that that completely makes like that makes complete sense to me yes. as well. It's just a thing like where you. It's it's weird when you start forcing people into like doing stuff that. Doesn't work for yeah. me. I don't know. Anyway, that's my pick: human interaction, human interaction. at offices. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> All cool. right. Yeah. So Thank that's uh, that's this week. Is there anything else we want to want to touch upon? Probably not. Um, no, I think I think we're good. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So this is, by the way, for everyone listening. So this is the first week where we're doing. We've switched to a more regular recording. Time, so we're recording once a week at a set time, and we're doing it with or without all the hosts because it's it's very hard to make 
make things happen when we're all scattered about and we have different things going on. So yeah, we've going, sometimes go, waited months for everyone yeah. to be available. Yep, yep. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I think this is going to be nice. So sometimes you might not hear me. Sometimes you might not hear Anthony. Sometimes you might not hear Sean, like today. But you'll hopefully at least hear two of us. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. All right, that's it then. Uh, cool. Thanks for for listening, and uh, talk to you all next week. Bye. Bye.